Hey guys, welcome to our journal entry podcast. We're so excited that you're here with us today. This podcast is where we give people a place to be vulnerable and share their hearts and testimonies of God's goodness with others. We're your hosts, Giselle and Emily. We hope you guys enjoy. everybody and welcome back to another episode of our journal entry podcast episode seven 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 baby and today <laughs> we have a very special guest very just very like very special guest <laughs> i could wink i would <laughs> could you just do a zoom on that just i'll just okay <laughs> <laughs> all right let's do it this way already ready <laughs> could you just add that in at the end yeah. it's like a okay anyway sorry (laughs) um our friend (laughs) an esteemed colleague just kidding we don't work together (laughs) drum roll please that's the drum roll colleen leitner hi guys Hi, Colleen. Hi, how, <laughs> how are, are you? you? <laughs> I'm doing really well. How are you? I am happy to be here. We're glad you're happy to be here. Because yeah. I feel like if you were not happy to be here, that would be really awkward. No, I'm, I'm very happy to be here. Uh, I know I was telling both of you earlier. Um, I was there when the whole idea of our journal entry was conceived and... <laughs> and uh, what is that word? Help me out. The word that I birth? just used. No, not pitch. Birth. Pitched. Yeah. Oh, pitched. Yeah, I know. It's a very different word than the word birth. <laughs> no, I was in the I was in the room when well, I was in the car with Emily driving somewhere when Giselle <laughs> sent her the text message. And we were hanging. We were yep. hanging. Yep, we were definitely Chilling. hanging out. <clears throat> <laughs> anyway <laughs> sorry right. i mean that's what people do right when they're on car trips together generally speaking they hang and chill out were we on a car trip yeah we were where are we going we went to see cooper cooper oh, don't i don't want to talk about cooper <laughs> i cried for two days okay moving good. on we're not gonna talk about it right now i'll cry last week i'll cry this week it's okay though there there's there's grace for that you know thanks yeah. Cooper <laughs> you, can, you can tell the story. Cooper is a dog that Emily was going to adopt, but it Guys, ended up falling. He was home. an American bulldog and he was he had three legs. He was, he was in really a car cute. accident. He was really and he cute. was deaf. He was deaf by birth and then he was hit by a car. So he lost his leg. He was so cute. He was really cute. But I I got to be the one to go with Emily and meet him, and so on the car trip out there, uh, Giselle sent Emily the text. Oh my gosh, was it that long it ago? It was that huh. long ago. I feel like that was so long. It was ago. that long ago, and Whoa. from the moment she sent it, I like knew that they were gonna ask me to be on. But it wasn't until this Sunday when I was like, <laughs> "Hey, Giselle, so um, when do you want me?" And she was like. I don't have anybody this week. <laughs> you can come this week. That's probably exactly how she said it, too. <laughs> I don't have anybody. <laughs> and so I Giselle talks like, like a Disney princess. <laughs> I don't have anybody this week. 
<laughs> you should be on. <laughs> like Snow White or something. You should be on. Like an Asian Disney princess. <laughs> so like Mulan. Mulan. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Mulan. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. Uh, so let's get into this. Um, Colleen. I didn't mean to hit my Can I introduce sorry. myself? Is that allowed? Yeah, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, you guys should start doing that as like a standard <laughs> routine, you know? We tried to, I think like we did it in one episode. It was I think Liam's it was just Kyra's. Like, no, it was Liam. <laughs> oh, was it Liam's? I don't remember. Maybe it was both. <laughs> I thought Liam just offered that information. <laughs> I don't remember. No, just okay, so. Liam. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, my name is Colleen Leidner. Um, I'm 20 years old. Sorry. <laughs> I'm just I was trying to be funny and it didn't work. Keep going. I'm 20 years old. I'm, uh, I'd like to think that I'm one of the closest friends of these two weirdos. Um, <laughs> for those of you listening, you didn't see I just threw up a peace sign really slow. No. Um, I... I'm a 20-year-old journal. I just said that I'm 20. Why am I so excited about my age? <laughs> I turned 21 in September. You guys didn't know. I'm 20. I'm 20. She's 20 years old. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's really cool that we're so young and we're doing something like this. I think that's what I it know, is. I know, right? Um, you know, like that whole idea of like, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young, but set mm-hmm. an example for the other believers. Right. Yeah, that's, that's what's going on here. Um, <laughs> you tell them. Tell them, Colleen. <laughs> I'm literally telling them right now. <laughs> She's like, I'm trying to. Stop cutting it off. Cut it out. So, um, yeah, I am a journalism student. I'm studying for my bachelor's in journalism. Um, I am the oldest child of six children, and that's a handful. Um, I... Mm like to read I like to write um my current journal uh actually it's a really funny story um I'll get into it later it's it's relevant later (laughs) (laughs) a little cliffhanger action sprinkled in there for you guys you have to listen to the end yeah no um my current journal is um one that my brother kicked I don't know why he kicked it but he kicked it and uh he sent the, the for some reason it like tour and the cover was busted so uh owen had to fix it for me (laughs) (laughs) nice good going owen shout out to you (laughs) (laughs) no i um i'm really excited to be here i'm really um happy that i can be here with you guys and talk to you yeah, we're, we're really, really happy, happy that you're here. here. <laughs> that didn't sound rehearsed at all. No. It <laughs> I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't rehearsed. It wasn't, it wasn't rehearsed. rehearsed. We're really happy that you're here. <laughs> it's like the Chick-fil-A employees. My pleasure. My pleasure. <laughs> I can serve the next guest. <laughs> we were trained to say things like that. <laughs> Literally like robots. Oh, Just you know what Please I should really don't come earlier. after me. I like my job. Uh, <laughs> I know you like your job. You complain about it every chance you get. Stop. <laughs> I have coworkers that listen. <laughs> I don't complain about it every chance I get. I need to put that out there. I complain about she, it every other she, chance. She loves her. <laughs> 
She loves her job, guys. I, I, I never stopped hearing it was, about it. It was a joke. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> In case um. you were wondering, Emily works at Chick-fil-A. <laughs> <laughs> In case you haven't heard before. <laughs> no, I, I should have said this before, but um, it just came to me that I should say this now. I am a Myers-Briggs ENTP. I am an Enneagram uh, four-wing three, and I am a chaotic neutral in the alignment chart. Why did I say all that? I don't know. Everything but my horse. <laughs> I don't know the last one. I don't it's know a Dungeons and Dragons thing. Oh. It's, it's a well, nerd thing. Um, <laughs> it, basically, cool. it basically states that I, I don't care about rules or people unless the situation depends that I do. So, like, if I'm about to get a speeding ticket, suddenly I care about the rules. Uh, <laughs> I care about the rules pretty much all the time. But yeah, you're, you're, like, the most lawful good out there. <laughs> <laughs> sad music when you edit this. <laughs> just in the background sorry my little my little bit of uh nerdiness there. slow zoom in in black and white would be nice <laughs> forgive me for nerding out forgive me for nerding out it's okay no this is the place to nobody's do gonna forgive you <laughs> <laughs> thanks giselle <laughs> i really appreciate that giselle that's why I came to anyway. Anyway. I hope you guys enjoy the fact that the first like half of all of these episodes is us just being stupid. And really only half of the episode is something that you can take away from. I straight so up listen to these it. episodes like when do I get the chance to be stupid with these people? Aww. This is like, your opportunity. I'm stupid with you every weekend, I feel, but like But now you get to record it and yeah. play it back over and over and over again. Yeah. So really a gift to humanity. Now, now it's here. <laughs> <laughs> all right okay. ask her the question so i'll ask you the question what's on your heart Colleen? oh it, what's on my heart so many things are on my heart right now um i already said that i'm happy to be here so i can't say that um <laughs> not again <laughs> no definitely not um i am reading a really good book right now <laughs> it's called uh the night circus by aaron morgenstern and if any of you are readers who enjoy um the feels and the drama and the suspense check it out because it's a really good book i'm like on the climax so i'm really thinking about that and that's all <laughs> and that's the end of the episode everyone <laughs> just kidding Colleen, <laughs> back to you in the studio. <laughs> I don't know why I make that joke every time we're here. It just feels funny. I mean, we're currently in the studio, so there That's is true. that. Also true. Okay, anyway. Back to you, Colleen. Yeah, back to me. Um, so I, I'm in a transition phase right now. Um, I was talking to um, a friend of mine, a friend of mine, <laughs> my boyfriend. I was talking Ooh. to my boyfriend. <laughs> Just kidding. No. Um, I was talking to him earlier, and I was like, like earlier today, and I was like, you know, um, I'm in this weird transition season where I can see, I'm like walking in, a, like on a trail in the woods at night, and mm -hmm. I know that I'm on the right path. I know that it's there, and it's laid out. And there are markers every so often, but it gets darker as you go in. And you know nothing can hurt you in the woods. Like, you're safe. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a heavily, like, regulated area, whatever. Um, you know you're safe, and there's nothing that can hurt you. 
but you can't help but wonder in the darkness like are the markers there did i go the wrong way and then you know you go you go past and there's like the street light or there's something and you're able to look and see like wow like i really am on the right path so i'm kind of in that period of like darkness where i don't like i know where i'm going but i don't know where i'm going like um you know i know what i am i know like you know, I'm, I'm this aspiring journalist. I want to work for National Geographic and, you know, I want to write all these books and be all these things. And, you know, I, I want to be known. Like, that's my Enneagram 4 yeah. coming out. I want to be known. <laughs> I want to be known and I want people to understand who I am and they want, I want to be seen for who I am and what I, yeah. what I believe. But at the same time, it's like, when is that ever going to happen? So I'm kind of in this period of, like, this transition period in my life. Um, I've been in it since, like, October of 19, um, where I'm just like, okay, like, the Lord is giving me signs, and he's giving me wonders, and he's giving me miracles. But, like, I don't know where I am or where I'm going or what I, or who I am. I don't know who I am. Yeah. So um, I'm still learning that. And I think that's a process we all go through throughout our yeah. lives. It's like we don't know who we are fully until, you know, we're fully known. But at the same time, like, it makes you wonder a little bit, like, am I on the right path? So a um, little bit of backstory. I am the biggest thing in my life right now. I, I January of 2020, I mentioned before that I'm the oldest of, like, six kids. Um, the second to youngest was diagnosed with T-cell lymphoma. It's cancer. Um, and our entire world shifted like we were homeschooled you know we did our thing we were happy it was we went to work we did it, like for me I went to work I went to school it was fine um so right before corona hit my sister was sick um it was that's actually a testament to the the goodness of God because you know if we had left it for like she had trouble breathing but we thought it was like you know some sort of respiratory thing we didn't think that it was like an actual like mass in her chest yeah. um so we went to all these different doctors and they're like oh well this not the other whatever and so finally the antibiotic that she was on um <laughs> the antibiotic she was on um the my mom called the people who gave it to us um i think it was like a clinic or whatever my mom called the people who gave it to us and they were like oh well that is she's having an allergic reaction if she can't breathe uh, no, it turns out there was, uh, the antibiotics were completely useless and there was a mass in her chest. So, um, she went and she started undergoing treatment and within two months she was cancer free. Um, that's great. Yeah. But there's still like that whole, we need to like make sure that all the cancer is gone for good. Mm -hmm. So there's this treatment plan, <clears throat> excuse me, there's this treatment plan. And during the treatment plan, you know, you have to work out and, um, I don't know. Basically, they give you chemotherapy. They give you steroids. They give you whatever. And it's just steroids. <laughs> if I could send those things back to the pit of hell. Like the word, it, it just triggers yeah. me. I don't know. Um, so through all that, like right before <laughs> that happened, the Lord was like, so I'm going to put you in the season where like you find out who you are and you're like really deep in me and you really understand like who I am. And that was something that like I didn't just hear from God. Like it was, you know, in our healing sessions and all these different things were just pointing back to that. And I was like, okay, that's, that's really cool. And then all of a sudden my sister is, is sick and it's like, so now we're driving 45 minutes to the hospital every single day to be with our sister. Like, what is the point in this? Mm -hmm. 
So, um, like I knew, like at the very beginning, I was like, okay, God, like you gave me this vision and you know, she's going to be fine and everything's going to work out and we all have peace about it and it's going to be great. But then you're like caught in the middle of the storm and you're like, this, this just isn't doing it for me. So I fell into a really bad depressive episode. (laughs) Like I laugh about it, but it wasn't, I barely remember anything. Um, I remember being in bed um, cripplingly, like, not even able to get out of bed because I was so sad. Like, and it was just, like, this thing that ate at me and consumed me and became, like, what I was. And it was really bad because it was, like, the kids need me. Because, you know, my dad was still going out to work. He took the second oldest kid with him. Um, And it was, like, you know, mom was with V and dad and Raymond were out working. And so it was me and the ones left and it was like we're the ones left you know it was like we're 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 stuck in this this rut and we don't know how to get out and I was stuck in this rut and I didn't know how to get out and it was like well thanks lord you know he told me all these great things and because at first I was really excited I was like this is exactly what he was talking about like you know there's there's this trial and you go through trial by fire and like it's great and you come out like this shining something and I never knew what the something was Um, so it was, it was really tough because like, um, when I was 18, I realized that I had had anxiety. Thanks MJ for that one. (laughs) No, um, I, I realized that I had struggled with anxiety for my whole life because suddenly Mm -hmm. it just hit me in this whirlwind of like, oh my goodness, I can't, I can't breathe, you know? And, um, I remember being five years old having panic attacks. I remember, you know, all these different things and it was like, oh, that's what that is. I'm really anxious and like (laughs) it was it was really bad Mm -hmm. and so it went from really bad to this season of like okay god I'm barely hanging on to you're going to become this great something and then all of a sudden my sister's sick so it was like I started self-harming again um I started uh I didn't eat barely at all um I there were just all these different things I remember um there was a one month hospital stay at the very beginning when they were trying to like figure out what the treatment plan was and everything else and then they came home for a month and then two months like there was like a couple scares and it was like okay and she was kind of on a regular whatever and in the middle of all this COVID is going on so it's like you know it's really (laughs) it's really not a good thing and um you have all of that I'm trying to figure out where my train was going I had a train of thought um (laughs) I know the feeling (laughs) ADHD for the win (laughs) no um so there was a month where they were trying to figure out what was wrong and whatever else and um so then she was um Yeah, then she was home, and she <coughs> went for treatment. Um, they give chemo, and they give steroids, and they give whatever. Um, she went for treatment, and then, like, a month and a half after that, I think, she had this really bad pain in her stomach, and she went back to the hospital um, for two whole months in the middle of corona, so none of us could see her. None mm-hmm. of us could be with her. 
and it's like you know we're this close-knit family like we're homeschooled we love each other we're whatever and we went from this close-knit family to everyone lost in the cracks between like I remember Mm -hmm. my 14 year old sister coming to me and being like some of my closest friends aren't even asking me how I'm doing like some of my closest friends who love me and care about me are just asking about my sister. And like, I knew what that was like, because like I said before, I just want to be seen for who I am. Yeah. And all of a sudden all these people are like, how's your sister? And I'm like, I realize you just want to help, but can't you see that I'm dying inside? Mm-hmm. Like, can't you see that there's something wrong here? So that was really rough. Yeah. Um, and uh, by the time, like, I don't even remember um, my 20th birthday because like I mentioned before, you know, I'm 20, woohoo. No. <laughs> <laughs> I actually don't, don't think you mentioned that. Could you restate it again for everybody watching and listening? How old are you again? <laughs> I already forgot. I didn't write it down. I'm sorry. Could you, could you state it again for the written record? <laughs> no, I, oh, man. I don't even remember my birthday. Like, I think we, we went, like, my sister's best friend came over and we watched X-Men or something. I don't even remember. But, like, you know, I was I was in this place that was so dark and so depressive and so, like, I didn't even see the point in, like, living anymore. And, like, I wasn't, mm-hmm. I wasn't about to end it because, mm-hmm. um, backtrack, like, a couple of years, one of my closest friends, this is just a nutshell, um, mm-hmm. one of my closest friends... Uh, I had called him and I had been like wanting to just have a conversation with him. And he's like, I'm really glad you called me. I was about to do something stupid. Mm. And the Holy Spirit nudged my heart and was like, you need to stay on the phone. (laughs) So I, you know, by the end of it, like he was okay. And he wasn't like thinking about that anymore. But like, you know, I asked him, I was like, what just happened? And he's like, yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it was. And I was like, okay. So from then I was like, I can't like the thought, the thought of losing one of my closest friends in the moment is too great for me to even try that. Mm-hmm. So no matter how sad I get, because, you know, I was always the happy one. I was mm-hmm. always the, the excited, like, yeah. joyful child, um, like, to the point of being immature. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still immature. That's bad. That's okay. So are we. <laughs> no, it's, it's that, that constant struggle of, like, okay, I know that this is what I need to be and this is how I need to be, but I don't know how to do it, so I'm just going to act like a kid because that's where I feel most comfortable, but I'm really yeah. anxious about everything. Anyway, yeah. um, that's a story for another time. <laughs> um, no, so it was like, I'm not, I'm not going to end my life. I don't need to end my life. But at the same time, it was like, why? I'm so sad. Yeah. I cannot keep going. No, yeah. I feel like a lot of people have been in that place where, like, you can't get yourself to actually do it. But mm-hmm. you can, you literally feel, like, dead inside, basically. Yeah. And it's almost like, you know, if something were to happen, if, like, I were to like get hit by a car or by, something. Like, some and I literally, I, I literally I would drive care. to the hospital praying that the Lord would hit the car, like have someone else hit the car, like mm-hmm. legitimately. I was like, I, I, I remember calling, cause like I'm a really social creature, and mm-hmm. social creature. It's <laughs> 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 such a weird like term. No, um, I'm such a social person, and I was locked in my house for six months straight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was like I would call my best friends. I don't know if I ever called you, but I would call my best friends in tears like I need to talk to someone. Just talk yeah. to me, please. I'm dying, you mm-hmm. know? And um there's something in that that's like like I remember it, you know, and there's something in that that's like so 
like I don't even remember you know but I remember that and it's like my heart goes out to me six months ago you know um not six months ago but yeah um (laughs) six months in yeah six six months in um so it just as a result of my sister leaving um my mom came to me when I was really sad and she said you know if your aunt, who you were named after because she's unable to bear children, um, she always said that if any of you needed to leave, then you could leave. And, you know, you could go to her. And I was like, what are you telling me? Like, I literally was just like, what? She's like, pray about it. I'm seriously thinking about asking her if you can move in. And I was like, oh. Now, bear in mind, this aunt lives in Maryland. Most of my family lives in Maryland, um, where some of the very... I think we're actually, like, one of two who live down here, and the second one was, like, a recent occurrence. Um, so it's, like, you know, that that whole idea of transitioning to somewhere where I don't even, like, know any – well, not, like, don't know anybody, but, like, I don't – I'm not surrounded like I am here. It was, like, wow, that's, like, so freeing. Like, I love that idea. So – excuse me. Giselle had to feed me before this episode, didn't she? (laughs) (laughs) Nice little salmon burps. Thanks, Giselle. Genuinely. Um, (laughs) That's how I ask for payment. If you ever need me, feed me. (laughs) (laughs) That's going in the written record. (laughs) If you... I'm sorry, you can continue. If you need me... If you ever need me. If you ever need me... Me. feed me <laughs> i don't ask for is payment. it like a comma feed me yeah that, that was that was a comma no it's like i don't need payment and like fiscal payment i don't need anything i just so anyway back to my aunt so that was the plan for a really long time and just recently like super recently um she called me and she's like hey i don't your uncle is really immunocompromised. There's this pandemic going on in the North, like in Maryland, especially they're like completely brainwashed to believe that the pandemic is a big deal. And like, I'm not saying it's not like I have a little sister who's legitimately immunocompromised. I'm not saying that it's not a big deal, but I am saying that it's not something to worry about. (laughs) Please don't come after us with your political stance. (laughs) Come after me. (laughs) We will tag Colleen on our Instagram You can come after her. <laughs> no, straight up, come after okay. me. I, I will. I will. I respect everybody's opinion, but I have my own opinion, yeah. and I expect that to be respected. Yeah, which um, is fair. Exactly. So there's all of that going on, and she's like, you know, we got our shots, and like she never said anything about vaccine. Like mm-hmm. she had not said like we want you to get the vaccine in order to come. Like I, she just like jumped it on me. She's mm-hmm. like, we would feel better if you got the vaccine. And I was like, okay. So, um, when I was two, I got vaccines for the first time. I had seizures that night and almost died. I'm not comfortable with that for my own safety. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. And not only that, but I've talked to multiple doctors and I'm not, I'm not at all pleading my case here, but I've talked to multiple doctors and I'm like, I'm not like they're, they're like, you know, generally if it wasn't like a worldwide pandemic i'd tell them to wait a couple years until the research is out there so there's that Mm -hmm. and um 
you know, I had already had COVID and I, I genuinely thought she was going to be okay with me just saying, you know, I did the research. I had COVID. I'd only be 6% le- like natural immunity is only 6% le- less effective than the virus or the vaccine. So I, I really thought she'd be okay with that. And she wasn't. And mm-hmm. it was like, okay, so my plans just went through the roof, um, through the, through the floor. They, they dropped out from under me. They disappeared. They disappeared. <laughs> they exploded the house. <laughs> I feel like that one really just covers all of the bases. Yeah, no. So, um, so there's, there's it all... exploded everything. Like, like I said before, like, we're in a... Like, I am in a transition season. <clears throat> and so it's like, that was going to be my transition. And yeah. now it's gone. So two weeks before... and. I love my aunt. Like, there's nothing at all against my aunt. She actually had told me that she would, like, help me out if I found somewhere close to my parents, which I did. Um, Two days before, she came to me and said, I'm not okay with you uh, moving in with us. Owen came to me and was like, hey, so my boss offhandedly mentioned that she needs someone to uh, live with her and, like, rent from her, and she wanted mm-hmm. it to be me because I'm looking for somewhere, but it can't be me because she's a 19-year-old daughter and it would have to be a young woman, and it's really strange. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I'll take that into consideration. <laughs> it's really That's strange awesome. that she would mention that. No, yeah. so it looks like... It looks like I'm moving out of my house in July. And that's something that really needs to happen because since the whole thing with Victory started, like, obviously, my whole family is kind of upset at me for being in this horrible, depressive episode when everybody was like, okay, we're just going to keep going, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, like, I get where they're coming from with that because it's it's a team, you know? There's teamwork involved. And if there's not teamwork involved, then the ship sinks. But, um... Oh, you did. You really did write that in there, didn't you? I did. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So there, there's all of that, and my family is kind of at this place where, like I said before, I'm 20 years old. I'm in this transition. Um, they're like, we want you to stay, but we can't let you stay because yeah. you need to just get out because it's better for the good of the family at this point. Because I have my mm-hmm. own life. Like, mm-hmm. I literally got off work and did all the chores that I could possibly do in the small time frame I had, and I came here. Like, that, that is my life. And mm-hmm. so um, they know that I need space to be who I am, and I know that they need space to figure out who they are in the aftermath of this tragedy that we've been through. Yeah. Um, don't tell me it's not a tragedy. I literally have PTSD. It's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I was at my best friend's house. Um, one of my best friends. I have multiple best friends. Is that normal? Um, yeah. I don't have any friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. I am your only friend, me and Giselle. This is sort of true, actually. <laughs> no, um, I was at one of my closest friends' houses, and he was like, you know, um, he and his sister were talking about, I think, like, Carrie Styles going to, like, be, sing for Cancer Kids, and I, was, mm-hmm. I literally, like, could not breathe. And I didn't know what was wrong with me. Like in a good way? Like no, like you a, were really excited like a to bad way. Style. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what people's personal opinion of Harry Styles is. I didn't no, know we were sharing like, that. I literally, I turned to him. I was like, shut her up right now. I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And then I, I like, I was like, wait, what just happened? I'm sorry. Like, I didn't mean to be that rude. And he's like, no, it's okay. PTSD is a thing. And he like literally was like a therapist in that moment. <laughs> Tell me how you feel. No, just like, I'm, just I'm, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Um, it was really rough. So there's that aftermath of this tragedy that we've been through and this whole, like, 
I don't know, the whole virus and these unprecedented times and, mm. you know, notice how sarcastic that is. Quote the that. media. <laughs> <laughs> Quote every single college professor ever. Yeah. <laughs> these unprecedented times. I know it's really hard for you in these unprecedented times, but here's 58 assignments. <laughs> <laughs> we hope you drown in academics if you haven't died from COVID yet. You're welcome. Or you you drown in your tuition bill. Anyway, <laughs> not getting into that. Continue, please. Can you confirm? It's just like that. Um, I neither can confirm nor deny. <laughs> no, I confirm. <laughs> so, no, it's like all all throughout that. There's. <clears throat> There's still that, like, desperate hope of, like, I was told that I'm going through a transition and it's going to be okay. And I can't see the marker, but I know it's there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Lord sends signs throughout the entire thing, you know. Like, I'm trying to think of a specific one besides Owen because that one's too <laughs> obvious. Um <laughs> yeah but they don't know so you could tell okay so long story short um i went to church for the first time in like six months and i hadn't been there and um everyone was really excited to see me because they're my church family and they love me um and it was just one of those things where i came in late and everything stopped like everything stopped for a minute and it was really cool because I was like, wow, they see me. They like me. It's great. <laughs> um, I was a little bit happy for a moment. And um, I met this this kid and um, I somehow just knew that he's not a kid. He's a man. <laughs> <laughs> I somehow just knew that this man was oh, like. Oh, and you're a child. <laughs> I, I knew that he was like one of those people who would like, you know, just. He would like help anybody out and so we were the last people in the parking lot and we said good night and it was like really awkward because Anna was leaving and the boy that I liked at the time was riding with Anna so I was like acting like an idiot because the guy that I liked was there and I hadn't seen him in ages and um this guy who I had just met that night was there and it was really um yeah, he, he didn't make sure that I got in my car safe. I was like, wow, that's really strange. He, he would have, I think. Um, I don't know because I haven't been around people in ages and I don't remember how people interact. And <laughs> I'm, I'm going crazy. So he told me that that night he got home and he lived with Karen and Giselle at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, he got home. Everybody lived with us at one point. I mean, I this didn't. Where were you when I needed you? I don't. I never lived with Karen and Giselle, but I do pull the whole, hey, can I just like spend the night? <laughs> Pretty frequently. So there's that. There is that. Anyway. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> he went home. This is what he told me. He went home and he was talking to Karen and Giselle. He was like, yeah, this this girl, like, I really like her or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kyron was like, I'm really happy you didn't, like, try and hug her because that would have been stupid. <laughs> Kyron said that? I don't remember this. That's, that's what he told me happened. Um, I, don't rem- I don't remember a lot of things, so. <laughs> I mean, it probably happened that way. I just don't remember. Hi, what? my name is Dory. What? Can you help me? I, I suffer from short-term memory loss. <laughs> I suffer from short-term me- 
Remember? I saw <laughs> the little baby doing. <laughs> so. <laughs> the little baby doing. With the big eyes. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. Oh, She's purple so shells. Stop. <laughs> Sometimes I cry when I watch that part of the movie. Actually, every time I cry. Dude, I was I was on a road trip when that movie came out, and so we rented it, and the kids watched it for 24 hours straight. That's amazing. I hate it. Shout I, out to I Colin's hate that little movie siblings. So much. I hate that movie so much. Um, <laughs> I think it's so cute. Hi, I'm Dory. <laughs> I, I suffer from short-term memory loss. Oh, shout man. out to Pixar. <laughs> sponsor us. <laughs> what was I say? Not sponsor. Not a sponsor. Yeah, that's what it is. Not a sponsor. Um, no. So I didn't go back to church for like two months after that and i was kind of in a better place like i was like okay i need to like you know be semi-okay for the sake of being semi-okay um and i was sitting in worship in a spot where i usually didn't sit and i heard the lord say go to the tech booth and i was like literally only owen is back there i'm not going back there and he's like yeah you are and i i argued with him for the solidly like the entire worship set. I was like, <laughs> I'm not going back there. And he was like, yeah, you are. So finally I was like, oh, fine. Um, I love those like inner dialogues with God where like, <laughs> you're like arguing with him and it's like, I don't really know why you think you're going to win this <laughs> because I'm God. <laughs> go. But he's never like that. He's just like, <laughs> he's go. not. No, he's like, please go. <laughs> and then it's like, no, go now. <laughs> and it's like, never like, forceful but mm-hmm. it's just like yeah i'm gonna need you to just stop <laughs> you're wasting your breath please just get up and move like i asked you. just go just just go just go i don't know why i think you can argue with me so <laughs> later on i found out that he had had the same fight after i showed up behind the tech booth with god where god was like you don't even have to like stroke her hair you don't have to do anything keep in mind we're dating now um <laughs> <laughs> feels like robotic like <laughs> so so profound just i know kidding. um no so he just he touched my shoulder and that was all god told him to do and i just broke down in tears i was like god i haven't been touched by anybody like my entire family has been staying away from me they're mad at me because i wasn't like you know there for them um and i didn't understand it like Mm. at all and that night I that night we talked after you know the service and um I had offhandedly like said some off-the-cuff things because I was like I'm not used to socialization what even is this um (laughs) I was locked up in my house for eight months (laughs) (laughs) so I told him some things and that night like we'd exchanged Facebook information like beforehand for some reason um and i sent him a messenger message (laughs) sly dog (laughs) i sent him a messenger message that said hey i'm sorry if i said anything like off the cuff i'm kind of not used to socialization anymore um please forgive me if i said anything that was wrong and little did i know but he had been through something in his life 
um, where he was like, I don't, you know, Lord, I'm at this place. I need someone to say something to me. I said exactly what he needed to hear. Yeah. And he, <laughs> he texted me back. No, it's fine. The <laughs> next morning onward until this day, literally, um, he texted me good morning. So that was the end of that. But I literally, there, there was something I need to stop saying literally. It's annoying me. Um, <laughs> that's okay. The whole first episode I said, like, like every, every other word. So. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, I, there was, there was something that really got me. Like I, I saw something <clears throat> in the way he looked at me that made me think, okay, I need to get out of this because there's, I'm not worthy of the way he's looking at me or I'm not worthy of like you know, the attention he's giving me, or I'm not worthy of all these things and I need to make myself worthy or else I'm, and literally from the time he found out like a month in that I was like really struggling with that, he was like, you're worthy already. Like, I love you for who you are. And oh, I know he's the best. Is, I love him. I mean, he's right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, he is. Um, I'm going to be really, really rude and pull up my phone and look for something really quickly. So if no, you guys want to. Well, I just want to like really quick, from what you were talking about before, I just think it's really cool that, like, <clears throat> you, like, were able to recognize where you were in that time where you were in, like, a really, like, deep hole and a deep, and maybe, like, it's you looking back on it now, so you're able to see it, but I remember that point in your life, and you really struggling with, like, your family and the pressure they were putting on you. I mean, I still do, <laughs> but I think it's, I think it's really cool that like, you know what you need mm -hmm. every time and you're not someone who just sacrifices that because like your family like said so. And that sounds really weird because it's like, why wouldn't we want to sacrifice ourselves for our family? But mm -hmm. you've like, you have always done this really great job and I've always really admired it where like you've created this like boundary with like the people and like really healthy boundaries with people in your life, including your family, where it's like, regardless of how much pressure they put on you to feel a certain way or to act a certain way, because they're all acting and feeling a certain way. You're like, no, I'm my own person and I make my own choices. I'm the only person who has mm -hmm. to live my life. So, you know, I'm glad that you guys feel that way, but <clears throat> this is what I need in this time. And there's you know? nothing against my family in all of yeah. that. Like, I really yeah. appreciate your words. Um, there's nothing against my family in all of that. Like, they genuinely want what's best right. for me, but they're also trying to, I, I say this a lot these days, we're all learning. Like, right. we're all learning. Like, they, my parents have never had to parent an adult before. My parents have never had to, like, learn what it's like to, to you know, let go of yeah. something that they raised. Right, and I'm sure for, like, when they're, when they're at that stage with like victory or david they're it'll be youngest, it'll be so much easier because they will have done it yeah. four times the experiment so well you're the first born so <laughs> they probably also dropped you so that's just the reality <laughs> actually i was dropped like four times well <laughs> that makes sense <laughs> i was waiting for it i knew it was coming <laughs> Anyway, but yeah, so I just wanted to put that, like, I've always really admired the way that yeah. you are able to draw really healthy boundaries with people and just tell your family, like, you know, I respect you guys and, you know, I'm here with you and we walk together through this. However, I am an adult and I, I am my own person and right. I have to be able to, like, I have to be able to feel this. I have to recognize how I'm feeling because if not, then 
you know, it, this gets so much worse. Mm-hmm. And genuinely, like, everything they say is taken into consideration. But at the same right. time, it's also processed. Yeah. Like, yeah. The ENTP. Um, <laughs> it's, it's all processed <laughs> and, and, you know, categorized. And this is where I'm at. And this is what I'm thinking. And this is how I need to feel. And it's really hard for me not to get, like, controlled by my emotions. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, you know, we're all learning. And there's grace <laughs> yeah. for the learning period. Like, there's a learning curve. Yeah. So... <clears throat> I found the thing I was looking for. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, I am a writer. I write stories. I write poetry. Um, the Chronicles of Narnia is my first love. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Very good books, BTS. I, I genuinely like storytelling. I was raised in a culture of storytelling, of, you know, seeking out fairy tales and mythologies and different things and, like, learning about life through stories. And so... Um, a lot of the time when I'm processing, I'll write poetry. Um, and I was praying about what I should uh, talk about on this podcast. And the Lord uh, highlighted a specific um, poem to me. And I'm going to read it because uh, I think that it really encapsulates where I am right now. Um, actually, Emily, do you want to read it? Because I do a really bad job at reading my own writing. <laughs> I do a good job at reading people's writing. I feel like I'm like dyslexic i'll read it (laughs) if you want me to read it from the break to the break okay all right what is this titled should i give it a title it's not titled just read it untitled Untitled. (laughs) episode one if you haven't watched it shameless plug (laughs) (laughs) untitled by colleen colleen leidner why do you keep you just keep forgetting i keep forgetting it's okay if it's easier you can call me i never say your last name if it's easier you can call me colleen elizabeth Colleen Elizabeth. That's like just as long as Leidner. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, Colleen Elizabeth actually has a meaning. Like, Colleen Leidner means like girl, person who is disliked. What? Literally, my last name means person from the hill place that is disliked. I don't like my last name. I'm happy that eventually it's going to change. Um, <laughs> Shout out to Owen. Just it's kidding. Like, we're not putting pressure. Uh, <laughs> my first name. My up. first name means sea of sorrow. So. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't change your poor child. I mean, you could. No, um, I'm not gonna change. It. That's no, why I don't my, go by it. My full name means "girl consecrated to God." I was my mother's first gift to the Lord. Um, that's the meaning behind my name, Emily. That's so don't beautiful. cry. Oh. <laughs> that's so good. I'm trying to hold it together for the people on the podcast. <laughs> it's not working though, so I'm just gonna read this. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. All right. This is Colleen's poem. Okay. Uh, So dance carefree, far above our tragedy. Our eyes lit wild and hair caressed by the wind. I I sputter insignificance, verbal nonsense, watching you run past screaming freedom until your throat is raw. Possessed by some charming spell, the kind no one often finds oh sorry hang on i hit to edit it ah uh, no i'm sorry <laughs> sorry <laughs> okay um okay until you're uh screaming freedom until your throat is raw possessed by some charming spell the kind no one often finds except for you little one how did you how did you do it Did you fly among the stars and come down? Your mind still puzzling out of the constellations. Your eyes clear, but your head cloudy. 
Your son, your, uh, I'm sorry. Should I do it? <laughs> I got it. I got this. <clears throat> my sunflower child, my sunbeam son, uh, smelling of cinnamon and clove and morning mist, the am- ambrosia. Ambrosia. Never had to read that word before. I'm so it's, sorry. It's from Greek mythology. The ambrosia of the gods. Were you struck? Were you struck by lightning out there? Sailing across the stormy ocean to reach me, I'll pay. I'll pay you songs until you're in, or I'll play. I'll play you songs until you're in. Watching you cry, cry for freedom. You're once you once knew, but never had. Wow, <laughs> that's really beautiful. What inspired you to write that? Um, I actually. I don't know if you've ever heard of Dermo Kennedy. I stole a couple lines from him. Like, um, I'll play you songs you're in, dance carefree. Like, those are actually, like, lines from a song that he wrote. And I found that song while I was in that really deep, dark place. Um, And I listened to it. I actually found a choreography to it. Shameless plug. Sean Liu. Dermo Kennedy realm. Beautiful choreography. I literally watched no it and just wept. I just wept. <laughs> Sorry. Um, it was it was one of those things. Um and I was like, wow, like this is this is exactly how I feel. Like in that in that song, in that story, in that, you know, choreography, it was like cuz <clears throat> I don't want to say that I'm a dancer, but I like to watch people dance. <laughs> I think there's something really beautiful in watching yes. people dance. I've always been yeah. really like mm-hmm. secretly obsessed with like ballerinas. I was a ballerina <laughs> when I was really young. I've like always wanted to be able to dance like that. Yeah, me and it's too. Just <laughs> so it's just so beautiful, mm-hmm. just the way that they are able to like control their bodies mm-hmm. and they just like really like just paint a picture. It seems so really flawless. Well. Yeah. yeah, it seems it seems very well thought out, but. Yeah, there was just something about this choreography and something about this song that just really grabbed my attention. And so I listened to that song on repeat for a couple days, a couple weeks. <laughs> um, and it was just one of those one of those things that were... Um, it was really profound, and it was something that I needed. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so in the middle of that, needing that something, needing that um, fire almost, like... I just sat down and wrote a poem like there wasn't anything to it. It was just like, but that one line specifically about, um, you know, cause like the whole idea is like we're caught in something and you're, you're a beautiful mess in the middle of this something. And you know, you're, you had these dreams of grandeur and you had these thoughts and these ideas and these, you know, everything, and it was lost, it was, it was shattered, it was smashed, and, you know, you're, you're caught in between this, this beautiful, like, waking up every day with, like, I had this dream, and it was great, and then Mm -hmm. realizing, like, it's gone now, you Mm -hmm. know, and so, um, that, that line about, you know, you still smell like it, and you still seem like it, and, you know, what, what journey did you go through in order to get to where you are now? And it was just, I don't know. There's something about it. What, what journey did you go through to get to where you are now? And, um, I don't know. I'll, (laughs) 
Or are you struck by lightning out there, sailing across the stormy ocean to reach me? I'll play you songs that you're in, watching you cry for freedom you once knew but never had. And it's like, that that is an encapsulation of my life right now. Like, I'm screaming mm. for freedom, and I know it. I know what it looks like. I've been shown what it looks like. But you never had it. But I never had it. Yeah. And it, it's it's almost like a... a, a, a <clears throat> It's like a ghost, you know, you mm. reach for it and it's gone. Mm. It's like an operation. Yeah, yeah, it's like a mist. And That's so beautiful. I just <laughs> just I was crying again. <laughs> you shouldn't cry. Just be okay. <laughs> no, I it just there is hope. Mm. Um I think ultimately the story behind this is there is hope for the next morning. And you know, I get up in the morning and I'm like, I don't want to be up right now. <laughs> I think we all do to some degree, <clears throat> but like you know, they, they say that a, a side effect of depression is, like, wanting to sleep all the time. Yeah. And that is correct. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, you know, there there are things that I still fight. You know, there are things that I, like, you know, I only stopped self-harming after Owen looked me in the face and said, if you ever do that again, I'll go poison myself. And I was like, what? So and he was like... <laughs> <laughs> take the poison no it wasn't like that it was like it you was like but it was it was in that moment <laughs> awkward sorry I know what it's about i'm sorry continue it was moment. it was in that moment of like you know this isn't good for me and i know it's not good for me and someone else is reaching out to me they're not asking me why i did it they're asking me what's wrong with me you know yeah. and it's like that moment of you know, there's a nudging in the Holy Spirit. Like, in, in the next, I'm pretty sure it was the next inner healing session I went to after that, the Lord healed me of all that. And it was like, wow, thanks for opening that door. And all that being, like, the whole self-harm thing that I had struggled mm-hmm. with for years. Um, yeah. But I still have that urge. I still have that, you know, like, I'm hurting so bad right now inside. I need to just get it out somehow, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's still a fear of not ever knowing there's still a fear of not learning there's there's a fear of being so utterly lost and alone and afraid in those woods where you know nothing can hurt you that you forget that there are even guideposts there until you just you know somehow you have to push yourself to keep walking until you find the guidepost again yeah somehow you have to push yourself to keep going and keep you know learning and keep striving for greatness even if greatness isn't attainable even if you know you once knew it but you're never going to have it and i think that ultimately like there's hope in that even if it seems like there's not hope there is hope because your spirit knows and your heart knows like the lord is if the lord is speaking to you and the lord is singing over you you can hear it you just need to learn how to listen you know yeah you have to learn how to recognize it yeah and there's there's that joy of learning there's that joy, like, even if it's hard, even if, you know, you still don't read your Bible every single day, even if all you ever pray to God are whiny prayers, like, please let me quit my job already. Yeah. I work for my dad. <laughs> <laughs> also not affiliated. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer, I love my family so much. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's, there's all of that. I'm afraid. You know, I'm afraid. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know how everything is going to play out. I don't know anything about anything right now. 
but I know that God is in control Mm -hmm. and I know that he's the one who made the pathway in these woods in the first place. Mm -hmm. And I know that he showed me what's at the end and I'm going to keep striving until I reach the end because, you know, even though that looks like the end, it's not the end. There's still more and there's still greater glories. You know, they say often in like the church, um, you go from glory Mm -hmm. to glory and it's like, no, there's a valley there. There's always a valley there. But once you, once you learn what you're supposed to learn in the valley, once you climb back up the mountain, there you are with God again. Yeah, and the green grows in the valley too. I think like there's something really beautiful if you actually look at like pictures of like places where there are like really tall mountains with really low valleys in between. Mm-hmm. There's like really beautiful greenery and flowers, like wildflowers grow mm-hmm. in uh, in the valleys. And so there's something really beautiful about being in a valley season mm-hmm. where like that's where that's where you grow. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't grow on the mountain. You look down the mountain and you see what has grown. The youth pastor at our church or the ex youth pastor, he's a really cool guy. I really love him. <laughs> um, he always used to say like growing pains hurt for a reason, Yeah. yeah. but what comes out of it, you grow. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes you just got to look at yourself in the mirror and say, I'm growing, I'm learning. It's going to mm-hmm. be okay. God has me, even if I can't see him. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I had a mentor. We actually sat down and talked today, um, and he was telling me that um, we were talking about, like, setting boundaries and, like, growth and stuff like that. Um, He had said, uh, Emily, in life, you haven't, like, ever arrived somewhere. Like, you're not working every day to get to, like, a specific point. Yeah. To get to, like, the family with the dog Mm -hmm. and the white picket fence and you know, if you work to achieve those things, then when you get there or when you get to that point, you'll just be disappointed every single time. Yeah. Um, but like life is a constant journey. You're constantly learning, yeah. you're constantly growing and you're constantly learning to walk in that. And so I just thought that was like really beautiful. I think that's crazy that like him and I talked about that today and that's exactly what you're like talking that's about really is like one. you're like learning and you're just walking and you're just growing. And that's like, that's the reality of it is like, and I think that's helped me learn to not be so hard on myself too, yeah. where it's like, yes, hold yourself accountable for certain things, but you know, give yourself grace for the yeah, learning. Give part. yourself grace because you're not ever going to arrive mm-hmm. somewhere. You're constantly like learning and growing. Mm-hmm. And when you think you've maybe arrived somewhere, then something happens and you're having to learn and grow through that. And so things are constantly changing and moving. So it's who are, Life should be who are you becoming, not what are you working towards. Yeah, Yeah, it's not who you are is a constant learning state. You know, you're constantly finding out more and more about yourself and finding out more and more about the Lord. I think that that's really, you know, poetic that in in the Bible it literally says, like, the Spirit of God is still searching out the depths of God, Mm -hmm. and you're still being shown who you are every passing day. Right. And it's like, you know... The Lord, the Lord made us in three parts because he's in three parts. And there's just all these different parallels and di- dichotomies of, like, who God is and who we are. Yeah. yeah. He truly did create us in his image. Like, I, he I think that that's did. really beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it speaks so much to him and who he is and how he creates my Enneagram for. Um. <laughs> <laughs> also not affiliated <laughs> with the Enneagram. <laughs> but, like, ultimately, is. I think the lesson is, we're somewhere in the future and we look much better than we do right now. Even if right now is really good, right. there's yeah. always more, there's always yeah. more. And we always mm-hmm. look much better than we do right now. We're always, we're always 
walking out of the woods and sometimes it's bright in the woods and sometimes it's dark and sometimes we don't know where we're going and sometimes we do you know but we're still learning right. and that's okay we're still transitioning that's really that's beautiful. beautiful yeah so <laughs> colleen you're just so good with the imagery <laughs> <laughs> chills literal chills <laughs> anyway <laughs> do you have anything else that you'd like to share every little thing is gonna be all right Oh my gosh! That is my shirt. Actually, I think there's another. Maybe it's I don't know which one it is. It's either Bob Marley or like that other guy who was really like into Rastafari. But he says, "If I am free, it's because I'm always running." Yeah, I feel like that's very true. If I'm free, it's because I'm always running. I feel and like so that's like the ENFP theme song. <laughs> every little thing is gonna be alright. Well, maybe both. <laughs> No, it's, it's, I feel like the ENTP theme song is, if I am free, I'm always running. Yeah, no. And I feel like the ENFP. <laughs> is every like, little thing is going to be Every right. little thing is going to be all right. Yeah, no, if, if I'm free, it's because I'm always running, you know? And I think about that a lot. I think about how, you know, we're called to run a race and we're called to, we're called to be free in Christ. Mm -hmm. And as we run the race, we become more free. And ironically, this guy wasn't a Christian. Jimi <laughs> Hendrix. Jimi Hendrix. That's who it was. Um. But it's, you know, we're, we're all, it, it all comes back to that. Like we're all learning, we're all transitioning, we're all growing, you know, even when we don't think we're growing, we're still growing. Yeah. Yeah. You can look back on yourself six months from now, even if you feel like your life is pretty consistent to how it was six months ago, you can probably look back and think of ways that you're a different person yeah. just in the last six months. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's awesome. Yeah. I like hearing from your brain because your brain is just I so know. cool. <laughs> Thanks, Emily. Like, man, I wish my brain was <laughs> Everyone's brain is unique, but I can't help but think that I'm a little bit extra unique, you know? Yeah. Not as unique as me. Extra sprinkly. <laughs> no, just all is the most uniquest. <laughs> the most uniquest. So much so that we are just totally avoiding all grammatical, <laughs> just everything. Yeah, call me out. <laughs> <laughs> me and my grandma well you are a journalist them. major so I, you've got to figure it out I, here. i'm a journalism major i'm an english minor and i make grammatical errors when i talk but i am faithful <laughs> to tell anyone else their grammatical errors <laughs> i am the exact same way it's like i'm sorry that's i make a lot of them not who <laughs> sometimes it's who <laughs> sometimes it's who <laughs> <laughs> when, when joey goes and he goes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> they all looked at him like he had six I don't even watch Friends, but I know exactly what you're talking it's about. so funny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> okay. So before we close, Emily. No, no, no. Start? You get to go first because I gave a little bit of encouragement in the middle. So that was part of mine. You can go first. You know how this goes. You know. I'm going to give you a little are. encouragement. There is a seatbelt on the chair. <laughs> <laughs> Please feel free to strap in if you feel the need to. Colleen. <laughs> um i really admire the way you love people i think it's just really cool that you genuinely love pretty much everybody <laughs> everybody you meet and it's just so cool watching you like show how like show affection towards other people and um i just want to say that um, you're like one of the strongest people I've ever met mm -hmm. truly like I 
the from the things that you've told me, um, what you go through with your family and what you've you've gone through, it's like I don't even know how I would handle being in that situation. I just think it's really cool that you're handling it like so so well. Right. Yeah. Minus that depressive episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Minus that. We're, We're all entitled still, to one or still two. Here. You're still here. You're still going strong. You're believing that God is taking care of everything. Yeah. So things are really cool. Thanks, Giselle. And that's all. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Closes it out. <laughs> um, I Like I said before, I think I've always really admired how you set really good boundaries with people. I think... It, that's something that I've always really struggled with, but mm-hmm. that watching you has really encouraged me towards and has actually really pushed me to like almost work to mimic in a way the way that you like are just so good about you are you are so unapologetically yourself. Yes. And I think mm-hmm. that is so cool because I yeah. struggle for so mm-hmm. long with like being feeling like I would be accepted by people and so like not ever being who I really was Mm -hmm. and you are so like unapologetically just you like you don't care and I mean maybe on some level you do but like you really just don't care about what other people's opinions of you are and like you're gonna be who you are at the end of the day no matter what Mm -hmm. and you just like you you walk that and you carry that so well. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, regardless of like what your family says or what other people say about you, you're like, I don't care. Like, yeah. I like being this way. I like being fun. I like, you know, being spontaneous and all of these different things. And I'm not going to change that for anybody because, you know, do you you yeah I think you just you own who you are so mm-hmm. well and I know you're like you're on this journey of like becoming and I think we all are trying to figure out who we are yeah. but like as you've learned that you've just totally owned it mm-hmm. and I think that's just like so cool yeah I agree with everything she just said <laughs> actually I want to change mine <laughs> to that yeah, so whatever I said ditto <laughs> that actually I appreciate Giselle's no I'm just kidding <laughs> no i really admire that about you too thanks you're welcome we love you we love love you you guys thank you for sharing guys i didn't snot on today's podcast (laughs) i know i had tissues here ready box of tissues ready to go no boogers although you can hear how congested i am when i talk though so there is that minor detail minor detail (laughs) all right Well, thank you, Colleen. Thank you. Thank you for being for being vulnerable. Thank you for giving me a safe space to be vulnerable. Mm -hmm. It's our pleasure. And I'm not just saying that because I work at Chick Fil A. (laughs) Just all cries two weeks in a row. (laughs) Anyway, anyway, (laughs) back to you, Emily. Back to you in the studio. (laughs) Back to you on the weather (laughs) forecast out in the streets, Emily. Um, I don't remember what I was going to say. Oh, are we closing it out? Oh, okay. Thank you, Colleen. Thank you guys for all of your support and all of your love and for all of your feedback. We really do appreciate it. We say it every week, but Mm -hmm. it's genuine. We really do, um, love hearing from you and love the encouragement. Um, this really has been really fun for us. Mm -hmm. It's only, we're only like seven episodes in and we... (laughs) 
haven't decided if we're going to do like seasons or just rolling episodes, but we really enjoy doing it. We really Mm -hmm. enjoy talking to you guys. I will say as a consumer, like genuinely, this podcast makes me very Oh my gosh. <laughs> I might cry this week. <laughs> and it's, it's not just because, like, I was there at the inception of it. You know, it's because you guys are here doing what you love, being who you are, being vulnerable, and, mm. you know, able to share that with whatever community um, comes up behind you. And, you know, I, I really hope it takes off, like, really Thank takes you. off more than just seven episodes. <laughs> but thanks. <laughs> whatever I'm getting that's a little worth. teary eyed. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. (laughs) Okay. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.